You're listening to the King's Church Podcast. Visit us online at kingswisbeach.org.uk. Good evening. Welcome to Friday Conversations. I'm Verity. I'm Keith. And uh, we are here to talk about the prison letters. So this is our new topic for discussion, running over Lent. Um, this is something that Matt has written. Um, Matt um, is an overseer of our church. So yeah, we decided to use this. The idea is to read one um, well, page, it's a couple of pages each day um, of Lent. And then we, at the end of a week, are discussing one of the chapters. So ours is the first chapter. Ours is the shortest. Yep. Did you notice that? I one? did, yeah. Because it's not a full week, because we've only been going from Ash Wednesday. Yeah, yep. um, and we have the topic of family. Now, shall we explain a bit about the context of the book? Uh, yeah, yeah, come on. Okay. Um, so it's called The Prison Letters, and those Oh, this is going to test my knowledge okay. here. Are the letters of Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians? Yeah, is there another good. one? Yeah, uh, is it Galatians? Galatians, yes. Um, so these are the letters that Paul wrote in prison um, to support um, churches that he'd um, been at and, well, supported in the past. Probably he st- probably started the churches. Um, yeah, so it's using those letters looking at what... Paul said, why did he say it? Because obviously when you're in prison and for Paul, he was very aware that this could be the end. Mm-hmm. He didn't know when his, no. his time was coming. He didn't know if he would be getting out or not. So he knew that these letters could be his last. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's looking at them and exploring them in the light of these are Paul's potentially last words. What he's saying was obviously very important to mm-hmm. him. Um, and just having that perspective on them. So what Matt's done is he's gone through all those letters and picked out the key themes yep. um, that run through each of them. Um, did I already say our one this week? No, we're no. looking at, so our key theme that we're looking at this week is family. And that's particularly relevant because we're father and daughter. Yes, yeah, I put together the rotor and I thought yeah. that was quite funny. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Good. That's enough so, of me talking. Ah, no, no, because you've oh, got no. to tell. So we want you to tell us okay. um, one of the f- a funny story from your family that can fit on live chat. So, just in case you're new to us, we have something called live chat. So that's on um, with the YouTube feed. So please feel free to put things on. Um, and what we'd like you to say is something funny about your family. Could be anything. So it could be a story, and Verity apparently told somebody just today a funny story. Yes, a family story. I was just talking about the weather, how it had gotten colder, and the fact that I hoped this was the last cold spell um, before spring. But then I remembered one year when it snowed at Easter. Yep. And the memory that came to mind was being at my uh, uncle's house. And some of you might have heard of Uncle Alan. Um, And so we were at his house, Easter weekend, it was snowing and we went outside. He had a probably 10 year old little boy and he had made his own bow and arrow. And what did he do? He attached a pair of old underpants to the arrow and then set it on fire. <laughs> and then he tried to shoot this flaming arrow with underpants through the garden, through the snow. Um, but of course, 
that is memorable in itself. It is. But as he shot the arrow, the underpants just fell straight down on the floor. The arrow went straight through them. And then he had to stamp it out. Yes. But there you go. There's a Families random. are interesting things. Yeah. <laughs> My friend said, oh, that's a lovely eccentric story, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. So there you go. There's one so, to get you going. Yeah, so so families are interesting things because um, just as we were talking then, in one sense, there's a, um, a whole thing here because modern day families now are really quite different, aren't they? Mm. <clears throat> families used to be in one, uh, in, in one form, yeah, quite standard. Family. Yeah, the nuclear family. So, you know, there was blood relatives and so on, um, uh, etc. Nowadays, families are really quite different. They're, they're really in different formats. People might not be married. You might have children from another marriage in, in this particular family. And so the whole thing becomes complicated. So it's, it's probably worthwhile just thinking for a minute about what makes a family. Okay. So when we're talking about families, what are we actually talking about? Um, and for me, as much as anything else, family, there's an attitude that's about family mm. as well as a relationship. Now the relationship makes it easier. Um, I can talk as a dad, and, and Verity can talk as a mum because she's got her own children and I, my grandchildren. But um, so therefore, I don't, I never had to accept you. <laughs> yeah? So actually, you were born into the family. I, I, I've told some of you the story before. Verity was born by emergency caesarean section. Um, and the emergency caesarean section literally was that. We were in hospital, everything was going fine. Then, um, my, my wife, Anna, had a prolapsed umbilical cord, Verity was on the other end, um, and they then went into emergency mode. N nurses running around, doctors running around, telephone calls, um, and um, they were trying to make sure that Verity didn't suffocate because the umbilical cord was carrying her oxygen, and if she pressed against the cord, she would suffocate herself. So quite a lot of babies die that way. So they were all running around, it was very clear, they were all going, there's nothing to worry about. And you're going, yes, there's lots to worry about, obviously. <laughs> um, but, to cut a long story short, when they, they took Verity and Anna, we didn't know, I didn't know Verity at that time, into this, the operating theater, and they made me stand in the room next door. Um, and I just had to be able to wait, okay? Um, and as they took Verity, as they took Anna in, they were all talking about what they were going to do. Um, and I was put in this room and had to wait. And the next thing I heard, which was probably only a minute later, but it seemed a lot longer, was a baby cry. And I burst into tears. I burst into tears because I knew she was born and she was alive when they'd all been going, we can't find the heartbeat. You know, we've got to move quickly and all this stuff. And I was, I mean, what it made me realize was I never had to decide to love Verity. I loved Verity from before she was born because I was worried sick about her even before she was born and the fact that she cried made me cry. Um, so there is an, a part of family where there's not a choice and yet today we'll also find out that there's a part of family where there is a choice. Mm, absolutely. And just, yeah, thinking about that, there are quite a few friends become family don't they yes as well and sometimes that's for certain seasons but sometimes through your whole life that that friend is a part of your family yeah, that's right nice. for us that's a woman called we all call auntie jill yeah. um auntie jill i i'm a, was a teacher and jill 
um, was one of the first teachers I met at the very first school where I was teaching and I met her the second day and she was a Christian. I was obviously a Christian and we shared that bond and we got to know each other at that point and that was 40 years ago and we're still friends now and we're still keeping contact and she remembers the children's birthday better than I do <laughs> and you know all sorts of things she writes letters and basically absolutely she is a part of the family as much as any other, any other part of the family is yeah. so um but family is is um let's let's try and see if we can define that a bit further for me family is a place of safety now it isn't for everyone I, I know that um but for me, if we're starting to talk about where is family, family is where you feel safe. Yes. And if you lose that, then to some extent you've lost, you've lost that bit of family, haven't you? Yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, and I think for me, it's that security that it can never be broken. Yeah. Even if you are not talking, you are still family. Yes. It just it, it is. It, it, it is truth. You know, it's actually sort of written in stone. It's written in blood. You are family. And actually, um, lots of uh, programs where they do sort of br bringing families together yeah. again, it means so much to people, even when you don't know the other person. It's yes. just a case of, we are family. Yes. How incredible is this? I have no idea. I never knew you existed. Yep. But we are family, and that means something. Yes, it does. It does. And, and again, for me, um, in, I have two stepbrothers who are French. My dad had two children in France. Um, Half-brothers. Half-brothers. So um, my mum, he married my mum later after they came back. It was just at the end of the war. He um, married a French woman just right at the end of the war. He was a soldier and so on. Um, and he had two children over there. That marriage failed, um, and he married my mum later on. Um, but I've never met them, mm. and that's really weird. Yeah. So I've got two brothers I've never met. Yes. Um, and uh, that's always been a, a strange part of my life. We have tried to find them, um, but apparently it's not that easy in France. That's what we've been told. We can employ somebody, but it would, could potentially cost us thousands and thousands of pounds to try and find them. So mm. we decided not to. But that's, I found that very interesting as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but so so in that sense, then what we're talking about today is about that yeah. that interesting thing, which is family, which is hard in some senses to define. Yes, you you people can join it, but in one sense, there are certain people who can never leave it. Yeah, you know th those brothers of mine are my brothers, half brothers, yeah. and it doesn't matter whether I've the fact that I've never met them, they're still my half brothers. Yeah. It's just as simple as that. Yeah. So um, I will point to some of the comments now, oh just God. to say most of it is people saying good evening. But Fiona oh. has po pointed out that the fourth letter is Philemon and not Galatians. Thank you for that. I should have double checked before I started talking. <laughs> um, yes. So shall we go on to so Matt's yeah. first chapter, uh, first page, the first day, is on being adopted. Yes because we are not born part of God's family. That's right. So I think it's important to just, to just look at the fact that why, why aren't we part of God's family? You know, why aren't we born into it? What does that mean? Because uh, growing up, I always assumed I just was part of God's family. I think there'll be lots of people who just assume that's part and parcel of life. Um, but it's not. It's not, no. No, so let's... let's Let's be clear, in one sense, he only has one son, 
that is Jesus, yeah. right? So remember, if we look at the Bible and if we go back in the story, okay, God made a covenant with a man called Abraham yeah. and basically said, I, I've chosen you yeah. and your children, I will, I will give you a son yeah. and I've chosen that relationship with you and I will be your God and you will be my people. Yes. And so the relationship that was actually built on in the beginning was that, that con family. concept. Now, if we go back beyond, before that even, the reason, the real reason his father is because he literally created us. Mm. So we came into being because of him. And in that sense, he's our father. Yes. Um, but if we're talking about you know, true children, it, it is Jesus. And we, we, so the Jews are part of family, his family because he chose them and yes. said, I've chosen. So yeah. they were adopted in at that point. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, because I would have gone with the line that the Jews are the family of God and we are grafted into their family. Yeah, which, which is true now, but that was because mm. he chose them mm. to be his family. Yeah. Right, all the way back then. So, so they, were, they were chosen people um, and so he became their father in that sense and the relationship was built and developed and grown and the reason they were his family is because he chose to treat them as his family he chose to treat them as his children at that time and indeed his son was going to be born through them but that was all by his choice so in the same way we've been adopted as, as children mm. which you know the passage that we're looking at so the actual passage itself just in case anybody hasn't read the book Mm. Okay, it's out of Ephesians chapter 1, and I'll read it to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved mm. so so he chose us just like now he's choosing us just like he chose the jews and he hasn't he isn't no longer choosing the jews mm. god's got the wonderful capacity of being able to just keep loving more and more and more people yes. yes and just on that that idea of choice that he chose us but we make that choice as well um, so Matt's written here that um, have you heard the old joke you can choose your friends but you can't choose your family well that doesn't apply when it comes to adoption so that's what this this first um, day is looking at adoption both the parents and the child get to choose um, it's the same the same is true for us because we get to choose whether we follow Jesus or not yes do we want to be part of that family or not that's right that's right and and it's not that you are in the family. So it's not like, you know, Verity is my daughter, is my daughter, and she can't not be in my daughter, whether she likes it or not, she's my daughter, hard luck. Um, but in this case, absolutely there is the choice. Mm. So both he didn't have to choose us, and we can reject him. But in doing so, obviously there are consequences. Mm. Um, so so it's, it's an amazing thing um, it's hard. It's hard for me to understand in a sense adoption. I get it in my head, but emotionally I don't get it in the sense that 
I, I, my, I was brought up by my parents, my parents love me, so I've always had that strong, close link. Mm. So, <clears throat> so the idea of adoption in that sense, I don't feel it in the same way because um, my parents were there for always. This is different, isn't it? Adoption is different. Mm. Yeah? And, uh, and you know, for people who've been adopted, and I know quite a few people have been adopted, actually the fact that they were chosen was very important because there is an element, there is an element that in the beginning there was an element that they felt rejected. Yes. Their parents rejected them. Mm. So then to have somebody choose them yes. is a very special thing. Mm. Um, so, but I've, I've never been able to experience that on a human level. Mm. But that's why, it's, for me, it's wonderful that Jesus chose me. Yes, yes. Yeah. And just going back to the history of it, so um, there were the Jews and the Gentiles. Yep. So the Jews were, if you like, the family chosen by God, and the Gentiles were everyone else. Yep. Um, and most of us here and watching will be Gentiles. We're not from Jewish heritage. Yep. Um, but actually, uh, and... Throughout most of the Old Testament, you read about how God is telling the Jews, don't mix with the Gentiles, do not mix with the Gentiles, do not mix, over and over again, he's putting that point home, so that they can keep their um, being, being defined as his people and his family, and they can keep their focus on him. So there, there are many reasons behind that. But after Jesus is when we, as when the Gentiles are welcomed in. It's only through him and because of him yep. that we are able to be welcomed in as well. And actually, that was quite a hard transition. There are quite a few stories in the Bible. Peter had a direct vision from God. Mm -hmm. Paul was sent specifically to the Gentiles. But it was very hard for Jews to get to grips with the fact that Gentiles yes. were now uh, in. allowed in as well. That's right. It was, right. was a big step. And that was all about trying to protect. So I, I don't know, again, for parents, right? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen a friend of one of your children and gone, I really wish they weren't their friend? <laughs> oh, I'm yet to have that. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. Because, um, because so we had, we had um, <laughs> one of the friends of one of our children um, was a theft, a thief. Um, and they used to nick things. Um, and therefore, whenever our child was with them, we were wondering is that person actually going to encourage him to steal things? It wasn't one of my friends. No, it wasn't one of your friends. I made good decisions. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, so, so there are times like that. Now, what, what God was trying to do was to stop the Jews going down the wrong path because the, the, the rest of the world were doing what they wanted to. They, didn't, they weren't listening to God. They weren't trying to obey him. They were, the Gentiles were just doing what they wanted. And so God was saying to the Jews, no, listen to me, mm. don't listen to that. Yeah. Don't listen to this outside influence. Yeah. But when Jesus came, we can now listen to God as well. Yeah. He paid for our, our price for sin, so I can hear God now. Yeah. So I can hear him as much as a Jew can, mm. right? And um, therefore, therefore, I'm in that same relationship. I can know what God wants, uh, so I can listen to him just as the Jews can, so we're all, we can all be in it together. Mm. Um, but it's, it is wonderful, and adoption, the idea that the creator of the universe might want to know me personally and want me in his family. Yes. Just a wonderful Well, that's thing. one of the things that I thought is worth um, just dwelling upon a bit is the fact that 
we can call him father. And what, what does that mean to be it? So here, in, um, so I've taken, I've looked at quotes that support what we're looking at from other places in the Bible. So this is Galatians chapter four. It says, um, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under law, to redeem those who were under law, so that they might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Um, so, yeah. Well, one of the key things there about the father thing is the fact that, so when I pray the Lord's Prayer and I go, I don't go, I must admit, I don't tend to say our father, I tend to say my father, mm. or I just tend to say father. Mm. And the, 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 what that word means for me is unconditional love. Mm. Yeah. So, so in that sense, I, I am declaring every time I say the Lord's Prayer, God loves me unconditionally, just like for me, I love you. I love the, the, the rest of the, the other children in my family. I don't, I don't go, oh, I love you if you behave well. I love you if you do what I want you to do. I love you whatever happens. I might, you know, things can get hurt and, and all the rest of it, but the love isn't, isn't based on any of that. And it brings him into a much more personal relationship. Absolutely. I mean, you don't get mu much more personal than a, a father. And um, it's just that idea that he, he's happy to receive a hug. The, fact, I, the yeah, thought yeah, that, yeah, when, yeah. that often when I think about meeting Jesus, I just imagine a hug, a massive, big, squeezy cuddle that you don't want to let go of. And that's what I would do with my father. And it's just, it's that, that, that closeness that it can be hard to imagine with the God of the universe, that I'm even allowed into his presence on my hands and knees, let alone being able to give him a hug, is just incredible. And, and that's why some people, some people can struggle, okay? And that, because I wonder sometimes, why don't you become a Christian? And that's because they haven't understood who God is. Mm. Yeah, and how much he loves us. Because I'm not being funny, but if if um if people really understood that the being we want to introduce you to loves you so this much, mm. why would you reject him? Mm. Why would you turn your back? So so part of part of um this whole thing is is how do we communicate the fact this is how much you are loved. Yeah. Yes, and I think that's a massive part of our maturing in Christ. Yes. It's just that deeper and deeper and deeper knowledge of how much you are loved. Yeah. Yeah, that's always one of my prayers. Help me to know more. Help me to understand it more. Help it filter through. Get deeper and deeper in mm. how much I'm loved. Which is, which is wonderful. And that's just the first day. <laughs> yes, that's very true. Yeah, there's a lot more. Goodness, we're nearly halfway through. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. So, so let's pick up. So the second day then was um, referring to what Matt and Fiona said about the, the fourth letter being Philemon. Of course, this, the, second the second day in the series is about Philemon. So let's just explain very quickly the story there. So Philemon was um, a comparatively rich person. 
he had a slave, the slave was called Onesimus, and Onesimus ran away. Now we don't know why he ran away. You know, we don't know if Philemon was a good master or not. Mm. Um, uh, you know, we, we don't agree with slavery, um, but that was the system of the day. Mm. Um, and Onesimus ran away. Now, in doing so, Philemon had every right under law to punish Onesimus as much as he wanted. But Onesimus somehow ended up with Paul. And Paul, he became a Christian through Paul's ministry. Okay, and Paul now saw Onesimus in a different way because Onesimus moved from being a slave to being Paul's brother mm. and he became part of his family mm. and Paul writes to Philemon because Philemon and Paul know each other and Philemon and Paul behave like brothers yes. so Paul's writing to Philemon and said look if Onesimus has done anything wrong yeah, you can put it to my dad. We, we're brothers. Put it to me. Because Onesimus is now like my brother. Mm. Accept him back, no longer as a slave, but as more than a slave, as a brother. Mm. And um, it's that concept. Yes. And it sounds simple and easy, but I imagine it wasn't, particularly for Philemon. Yes. It would be a very drastic change to his thinking and his mm. attitudes um. and that's the, that for us is true in all sorts of situations isn't it because um, if we think about when people we know become Christians the, the person beco becoming a Christian might have offended us greatly mm. yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine what it's like if, if your dad used to beat you and if your dad becomes a Christian and you're a Christian, that relationship being restored, because there's so much pain involved mm. in some aspects of it. Mm. And it could be another relationship. So a husband and wife who've got divorced and a bitter row, and if they both become Christians, then meet again at church. Mm. You know, that, that in itself must be just incredible. Yes. And yet, yet the reality is we are brothers and we're brothers and sisters and, mm. you know, and, and re-establishing that relationship. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and just seeing it all changed is, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yes. Well, that's the thing, is the fact that the, the Bible sets out all the, the principles and what we need to be aiming for, but it doesn't necessarily give us the step-by-step -step guide of how no. to do it in each individual situation. But that's where we, um, sorry, Matt's written it quite well here. We're empowered to live a rejuvenated, supernatural life yes. by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And it's that idea of when you know what the Bible is saying, okay, the Bible is telling me this, um, is, this person is part of my family, I need to love them. But how do I do that? Yes. That's when we need to turn to the Holy Spirit yes. and ask That's him, good. you fill me, you lead me. You tell me, uh, yeah, guide me in each situation. You need to surrender your thoughts, yep. surrender the pain. Um, and yeah, probably I would always recommend seeking advice from other mature Christians as well. Yeah, yeah. That's always a good help. Don't keep things bottled up. But if you're in a difficult situation like that, talk to others. Um, and ask them and to pray for you and ask them yeah. to pray with you. And, and um, all that type of stuff, because this is outside yourself. Now, mm. this is, goes back to that first concept where we chose to become 
of part of the family. So we choose to become the part of the family. And in doing that, I'm saying to dad, right, you are my dad. So I will do, I will trust you as a father. So I, if you say to me, this is a good thing to do, I'll do it. Even if my own mind, I don't understand it. Because with a father and a child, there are lots of times the child could not possibly have understood why yes. this thing has to happen. Yes. All they know is dad's saying this is the best way to do it. And so therefore, I do it, not because I believe that this is the right thing to do, but because I trust mum or dad, and I will do it. Yes. Yeah? And what God is asking us, of us then is, in these situations, I want you now to trust me and what I'm saying to you. And in doing that, you've got to find something wonderful happening. Mm. You're going to gain a brother, yeah. which is wonderful. Yes, definitely. Yeah? And, and so therefore, lots of the challenges that we face, the key is not how do I do this, but actually I will do it because I trust dad. Mm. But for no other reason. Anyway, yeah. we're halfway. Yeah, we? halfway. Shall we go to the, we'll just have um, some notices and a song and then we'll carry on our discussion after that. See you later. Hello, we are here talking about um, Matt's book called The Prison Letters, which is a Lent devotional. We've been talking about the first chapter, which is the family. And um, where are we going now? We've talked about adoption. Um, yeah. We've talked about, called, yeah. Is, is that pretty much what we talked about? No, no, we talked about, <laughs> we going talked about from, what family yeah. is. Yeah, and we talked about going f from being a slave oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to a brother. So yep. Philemon and um, Lesimus. I was obviously paying close attention. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so, so I want to move on to the next bit, which is about the fact that when we become um, a Christian, we're not adopted into a, a one-child family. We're adopted into a family with lots and lots of children. So, and this family with lots and lots of children is called a church. And, uh, and let's just be clear, a church in the biblical sense, right, is all the Christians in a locality. So the, the, the Bible, when you see it refer to a church in a, pl a place, it doesn't go the Baptist church in Ephesus yeah. or whatever. It's talking about the church of Ephesus and it means all the Christians in Ephesus, even if they meet in different congregations, and it actually says at times, read this letter in that one yes. and over here. So there is a church of Wispeach, which we are part of. And if the, the fact that there are different congregations is irrelevant in God's eyes, we're all part of the same church, um, and we're all part of that same family, hmm. okay? But just jumping in there, just, um, Matt uses the picture of, um, when Paul talks about us being different parts of the body yep. and often we think about that as individuals that individually we have our own gifts we are we make up a different part of our church and we need the different individuals within the church to make the church run smoothly but I think it, it also applies to that group context as well mm. that our church is a part of the body of Christ the body of Christ in Wisbeach yep. and actually we serve a function within that and actually we need and want the other churches as well. Right. It wouldn't be a healthy, balanced body if it was just us. You, that, that, that's never something to strive for or to aim for. No. You, you need those other parts of the body working in their different ways 
in order for it to be a fuller reflection. That's right. And indeed, I know of some churches where, in a sense, they celebrate when somebody leaves one congregation and goes to another congregation and, and stuff like this. Um, and there's almost a rivalry going on. That's not the way that God sees it at all. It's just not. As you say, um, every part of the body has a place and it has a purpose. Um, and we need it. And, and yeah. as, as Paul himself said, all because um, the eye says to the ear, I can't, I don't need you. Well, where would the sense of hearing be in that case? And, and so on. So there's, there, there is actually a need yes. for the rest of the And body. one part is not more valuable than another. Yep. That's something that we can often struggle to realise both individually and in a more extended viewpoint. Yep. Is that we always attribute value to what we see most and hear most and what is biggest. But that's just not the way, God's way of doing things and valuing things. Yes, and, and that, that has all sorts of interesting implications. So Verity told me um, a funny story about her children when she arrived this evening. She was talking about the way they behaved oh, and, yeah. and the fact that she forgot it. So go on, you tell, tell everyone what you were saying Oh, to just it's funny um, that they watching them you is it very easy to forget what it's like being a child when it's been quite a long time since you were one and just watching them they do things with no other purpose than to irritate the other <laughs> and it's very bizarre to watch from the parents perspective because you know full well there is, there is no reason for you to do that. There is no reason for you to say that other than just to irritate them. And it's just, well, I say it's funny, I shouldn't laugh and I do try and help to sort it out and teach them that it's not the best way to behave. But um, there is just something natural within them that they want to poke and prod. And even things like something that they would thoroughly enjoy from me, like a hug, they will get really cross if their sister tries to hug them. How dare you hug me? Oh, this is awful. They'll start fighting them. Like, but you wouldn't be like that with me. But it's just because they're siblings. Something about the sibling relationship is yeah, an interesting well, one. Yeah, where, where I'd go to um, original sin, Anna would say, my wife, she'd say, well, yeah, that proves that they've got original sin. Interestingly, I'd ask the question, if we're being honest, how often do we behave like that? potentially as churches or even in church <laughs> yeah how often do we actually do things which wind people up when we know they'd wind them up and you've got to ask the question was there any need for that actually so it's a it's a, it's a good it's, it's a good question how how childish are we actually being at times and i think we'd all have to admit there are times when we do that <laughs> so don't so. have to admit anything <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. But um, yeah, so so the the third the third day um, is about this concept to be embodied and about having different skills. So let me ask you, Verity. Okay, I said I'd ask her a question. In our family, so the Anna and I, husband and wife, and then five kids. So, what do you think is the key skill of each person? Have you thought what 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 is it that you think of when you think of them as a skill or a good thing? Uh. Well, Becky's obviously being a doctor. Uh, Alex, I would go with, uh, he's very clever clever and athletic. But then I would say that for Frannick as well. No, See, okay. Alex and Frannick are a bit similar. Yes. Um, I'd say for Frannick, gift of the gab. 
gift of the gab. Yes, he's a good salesman, isn't yes. he? And he is determined, <laughs> I would say. Um, Gregory is very easygoing. He's just easy. Yes, he's, he's lovely. He could get along in any context with any person. He would roll with the punches. He would get, find something to get excited about. Very optimistic. Um, yeah. Okay. I think so. So sometimes that's an interesting exercise. And you see, I didn't actually tell Verity what I was going to say. Um, but she could think, if she thought about it, she could start to find things. And within a body, within our church, then that's a useful exercise. Did I mention Becky? Or did I yeah, just you said about, about brothers? You, just, you just talked about her being a doctor. Oh, okay. All right. That's fine. I just didn't want to leave her out because that's not a good way to approach your siblings. <laughs> so, so at times, what I'd, ask, I'd say is, if, if, your, um, if your brother or sister at church is starting to annoy you, one of the good things to do is actually just to stop for a second and go, well, actually, what's good about this person? What's, what do they do? What are they bringing into church? Um, what are they contributing? Because that might help to just balance it up a bit because mm. it's very easy to become critical. Mm. Um, and, you know, and we are all, all of us, none of us are anything but perfect. And um, we never do anything um, wrong so therefore you know it's obvious just the other people there and that is something that I thought about as well that in a church context it's very very easy to be self-righteous which is so silly because everything the Bible says is about the fact that you're not right your righteousness comes from God you need to humble yourself you know all this sort of things but in the church context it's so easy to think I am the mature one here. You are not acting godly. You are not acting in a Christ-like way. I am right. You are wrong. And it's so easy to do at church. Yeah, Satan's very clever. Whereas I don't it? really do that as much in family. I do that all the time at church. Well, I'm being more mature than you are. <laughs> but but it, it, and the, rea the fact is, it is often true. It's just really funny to Satan. Mm. Satan's very clever at trying to catches out when we're actually feeling I don't know as you said self-righteous and let's face it the, the whole reason we're family is because of Jesus and, and why does that make us family because Jesus died for us all he's the one that's given us righteousness he introduces us to his father and we are family because of what Jesus does has done and not because of what we've done. So, so we don't have any right to be self-righteous or anything like that. It's all about him anyway. So, um, but somehow or other, we managed to take a totally different position. We do. Uh, so it's, it's, it, well, human beings are very funny. Yes. We are all very funny. Yes. We, and uh, well, just so I um, had a look at th through, well, sorry. So I had a look at verses that tell us to oh, yeah. love each other and how you know in that context loving your brothers and sisters basically and there are loads and there's more than this over and over again both in the old testament and in the new testament it's saying love each other love each other as i have loved you love um what's it love each other more than yourself you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. 
it's just said over and over again, love each other. But it's that question of, of how do we do that? It's some, do nothing out of sem- selfish ambition, rather in humility, value others above yourself. Carry each other's burdens, build each other up. Each yes. of us, p- please do things for our neighbors, please our neighbors for their good. Um, bear with each other, forgive one another just as the Lord forgave you and put on love because that binds that forgiveness. Thank you. Anyway, so yes, over and over again, it's that love each other. It's just how, how do we love each other well in each practical, you know, different scenario? Yeah. And there are a lot of tricky ones that come up. That's right. And, and that's the key thing there is if we, the moment he says love somebody like I love you, then we're back into unconditional. Mm. And sacrificial. And that, and that that becomes a real challenge because if, if we're being really honest, mm. you know, very few of us love each other in that way. Yeah. Um, Even yeah. your spouse, I find it hard to love mass in that way, let alone anyone at church. Goodness. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, that just shows, that again just shows who we are as sinners. and. And so we look to the grace of God to help us. And that's, you know, for us, that's why we say the grace at the end of each um, service, because what we're asking is that God would bless this person and pour himself out on this person and anoint them. And we're saying that to each other. And all the time, we just, we can, well, strive, work towards it, ask God to fill us, help us to be that that loving person. Mm. Um, But it is a challenge. It is definitely a challenge. It's not something that is natural. No, That's even for little children. Even for little children. <laughs> oh, and I, one of the things I, um, that came to my mind when reading this, and Matt talks about it as well, um, the fact that obviously it's so much broader than we could ever know or imagine. Yes. Just the fact that, so throughout the world, I have brothers and sisters throughout the entire world. And that it's uncountable is millions but not only throughout the world but throughout time as well all these people in my family that's one of the things I'm really excited about um, in heaven and the new earth it's the idea of there's gonna be so many people and I'm gonna get to know them all as well as I know my brothers and sisters um, and that's really exciting and I do, I do love that when I haven't been to a vast uh, variety of different churches, but I do quite like to go to visit churches when I go on holiday because it just gives me, you know, a sense of what's going on beyond just me and where I am and my church. And I, I do, I love that when you get that feeling, you walk in, you, you hear them, you, you see them worshiping, you're a part of it. Like they are my family and I don't know a single one of them, but, I, you, you have those moments where I just know we are family together and that is so precious. It is. It's, yeah. I want to, and I celebrate that at the moment because we're seeing lots of people coming into the church, aren't we? So we've seen uh, um, uh, uh, Hope and John and we see, we, so Ali, uh, last Sunday, I, I met him on Wednesday at God's Space um, and we're seeing um, Stanley. Mm. So all these people from different countries, yeah. different backgrounds, you know, the Bulgarian congregation, all the people mm. there, all from different backgrounds. Um, even 
you know, within our, our uh, within the, the English population, you know, people from different parts of the country and all over, the, you know, different, different, you know, north of England and the west country and all the rest of it. So all these people, and we have one thing in common, and we can start to communicate and can start to, mm. you know, be comfortable in each other's presence mm. very quickly yeah. because of who Jesus is, because yes. we're family, and you yes. can actually start to identify because there's a commonality. There's a there's that feeling of I understand. Yes. Yeah. Even if I don't necessarily understand what you're saying. <laughs> yes. But there is that commonality. And it's something that's said quite a lot in our church. I don't know why. <laughs> but actually, it's not just these are naturally people who I would gravitate to. No. These aren't necessarily your natural friendship groups. They are the people that God has put together. Yes. And that is diverse and it should be diverse and actually it's very healthy if your church is quite diverse in the people who come absolutely and, and it's a celebration isn't it because we don't all want to be the same why should we all want to be the same you know we, it, isn't there a great joy in the fact that we're all different and, yeah. and together we actually represent god and we we know god i i found that um i found that lovely yeah I do. Oh, Alan, Alan put a comment, yeah. And Fiona noticed the difference. Yes, well. Straight away. Straight away, straight away. But I'm going to say Alan's because I like it. Okay, our then young teenage sons decided to build a tree house in local woods without our knowledge and had to be rescued by the fire brigade. Yee, making the local papers. That is a good one. It was, it was. One time, Becky um, and um, my daughter-in-law, Alex's wife, Kate, went swimming and um, they were swimming off the Welsh coast uh, and they got caught in a riptide and it was in in many ways it was a horrible event because um, the, the lifeguard had to come out and rescue them but the funny thing about it was in the papers and in the, the local news the next day they were all talking about these two um, children who'd been caught in the oh, riptide. Oh, did they? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, so they were referring to them as children and stuff like <laughs> this and, and they were in their... They uh, were very uh, grown up. At yeah, their 20s and 30s. <laughs> it's, it's all very good. So um, that bit was funny but, um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, we, we wound them up about being the kids that were caught in the riptide <laughs> so, <laughs> so but the foreign foreigners bit is important because um, when you're foreign to somebody there is a barrier between you and that barrier could be language it could be culture mm. uh, there's all sorts of things it could be mm. But what the Bible's actually teaching us here is in Jesus, all those barriers are taken down. Mm. There's a wonderful thing about that, that just, so in a family, you have family history, don't you? Yeah. And you talk about stories, and in fact, you can remind each other of things that happen and everybody starts falling about laughing. We're not actually ever actually getting to the end of the story because you don't need to, because we all know the story. Yeah. And, and there's, there's, and there's um, all sorts of common things. You know how that uncle will say that thing at that time, and yeah. everybody, just, everybody just knows that that's what's going to take place. <laughs> yeah. And if you wanted to, you could put odds on which two are going to start having a row. And um, yeah, so family... Uh, you you know each other well enough mm. and you accept each other despite all those things and, and in fact it becomes part of the fun yeah. of being in family and the, the amazing thing that, the, that Paul's saying here is that when we are in Christ all those things that would normally separate us become irrelevant 
they all become irrelevant. Mm. Doesn't matter. Mm. You know, and, and Matt goes on and talks about Paul's letter to the Galatians, um, where he mentions about the fact that in Christ there is no male or female, there is no Jew or Gentile, slave or free, mm. that we're all the same. Yes. And, and he, he's not talking about you know, physically. What he's saying is, in it all, mm. we all just become part of the family. Yes. And it can be slightly harder for us to appreciate that be, just in the different cultural context, in the sense of what the impact of what Paul was saying there. Because there was a massive difference yes. between being male and female. There's a massive difference between being slave and free. Yes. There's a massive difference being a Jew or Gentile. Yes. And so the, it was astonishing for him to say that. I mean, we live in a society now where it's normal to think of everybody on an equal level. And, um, but, but yeah, to be reminded of that. Because some, sometimes it can slip in without us knowing that we're undervaluing someone or yep. not not seeing them in the same light as others so yeah matt does ask self-reflective questions as to is uh, is there an area or a person in my life where i'm doing this and yep. actually taking that to god and asking him please identify because he can show us where where we don't see things he can reveal it so that we can change yes yes and that's yeah, and that's very important. And, and God will show, show us each one those areas. And that could be for an individual, or it might be about a group of people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's easy to become an intellectual snob. If somebody is not as bright as you, you might go, well, you know, they're, they're just mm. thick. I'm not going to, you know, why should I associate with them? And I'll go and associate with other people. And, and all those types of things where you've just got to watch out for yourself, that you don't start to disdain people or yes. put the, or reduce them into other things you make them foreigners again yes. you make them foreigners again and, and the idea is no those barriers are down yeah. they're all down we're all equal just as, as a total aside people forget that the actual good things in the english culture are all based on jesus's teaching mm. so all about equality all the all the positive things that we see in society very often people try and claim that the church is anti all this stuff mm. when it actually has come from yes. jesus teaching and we we can easily forget that all the good things all the good laws all all the positive stuff you can find all its roots in in christian teaching and it's all part of the bible um and and we need to yeah, we genuinely need to forget, remember that and not forget it. Um, but, you know, it's wonderful, and especially in a town like, like West Beach, where, um, uh, uh, what is it, like in this, even in the latest census, nearly a quarter of the population is not, um, wasn't born in England, uh, Great Britain. Mm. A quarter of the population was born outside of Britain. Um, and that's uh, 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 the minimum figure more realistically, it's probably a third that was born outside of um, outside of Great Britain. But that does not make those people not, you know, not from Whiz Beach or part of Whiz Beach. If actually, as a, as a Christian, we should be able to embrace whoever, yes, and and take them in. And the hope is that they will all come to know Jesus, just as we have done, and then be properly part of the family. So, so yeah, make the effort. It's, it's easy to put barriers, 
it's hard to break them down. It genuinely is. Yeah. And and um, Matt, uh, let me say, not bad at all. <laughs> I praise, I praise, not bad, <laughs> not bad. So so um, now. It's just about half past, so we'll be we'll be finishing now. Mm. And it's been lovely to be here. Mm. We haven't seen as, uh, that much chatter, so I'm sorry mm. if we've been blabbering on. No, we've now. obviously been far too interesting. Ah. We've just been enthralled and not wanting to type anything uh, yeah, because but, we're just too interesting. But um, but yes. So <laughs> please continue reading it. Um, uh, who's next week? Can you remember? I think it's Matt and Fiona. Ah, there you go. So talking Matt about unity. There you go. So that's that's next week. But read the various bits um, in the Lent study and have a look at it and, and think about it as we prepare for next week. Um, so, but um, it's been lovely to be here. How I was wondering how you'd feel about reading the prayers. That, oh, um, great. Was, great but, because, so there's four of them. Yeah. So do you want to alternate? Okay. So I'll do the first one because... Of all the things, I do appreciate the rest of the stuff he's written, but I really like the prayers. So, um, this is from day one. Um, Jesus, I come to you today knowing that I have failed to live my life in the way you want me to live it. I am sorry for the way I have been living and for the things I continue to think and do that are against your will. Please forgive me. Today I choose to repent, to turn away from these things and to allow your Holy Spirit to work inside me, to help me to follow you. Help me to live as your adopted child. I can't do it without you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Then the second day. Jesus, help me to love my Christian brothers and sisters as you want me to love them. Help me to overcome any social barriers that may exist knowing that your love breaks these barriers down and brings us together. Lord, give me your grace and patience. Help me to recognize those around me who are on the edge of faith, to draw them closer to you by showing them what it means to be a member of your family. Mm -hmm. Amen. Jesus, thank you for your church. Thank you for my spiritual family. Help me to strengthen and encourage those Amen. within my church as we live together as your body. I ask that you increase the unity between individuals and churches, that we, wo that we may work together to further your kingdom in this place. Amen, amen, amen. Jesus, thank you that we are part of your family. Amen. Please help us to treat each other as equals. Show us those in our church who may be feeling left out or alone and, help us, and show us how we can help them to feel they belong. Amen. Amen. And you belong. You're my brother and sister, whether you want to be or not. Hard luck. <laughs> God bless. Yeah. Good night. Good night.